today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Another one of the many topics of consideration uh, uh, this past week and that's uh, uh, got a lot of people to buzz up in Parliament Hill these days is uh, the Governor General, Julie Payette, who has been, let's face it, uh, been in some rather controversial circumstances uh, since 2017 when she was selected by the government uh, to be the Governor General. The CBC News report right now reveals what they consider to be unusual spending to protect uh, Governor General Payette's privacy and allegations of workplace harassment. Uh, we'll get to the financial thing about this in a couple of seconds. But the harassment thing is especially troubling. Uh, CBC reported that 17 sources told CBC News that uh, Payette and her second-in-command had verbally harassed a number of workers to the point where waves of staff have actually left the employ of the Governor General's office. This is one of those complaints. This has gone from being one of the most collegial and enjoyable work environments for many of the staff to being a house of horrors. It wasn't always insults and vulgar. But there was always that level of criticism, and I would say in almost every meeting, someone was berated. They will bully you until you either agree or leave. Well, a number of them have left. Uh, CBC, by the way, has maintained anonymity for those people, but uh, they did go on the record, at least without their names anyway, to express their concerns about this. So what's to happen? Some people are even suggesting that, uh, well, maybe it's time for the, the Governor General to step down or for the government to fire her. I'm not so sure that, that that's necessarily going to solve anything. I'm not even sure if you can do that. Joining us to talk about this is uh, Michael Tobe. Michael, of course, is with Troy Media, a syndicated columnist, and also a contributor for the Washington Times, and always a welcome guest on the program. Michael, good to have you with us. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well, Bill. How are you? Good, good. Uh, it's kind of surprising about this. As I say, uh, yeah. there have been some controversial issues with uh, Governor General Payette in the past, uh, but the accusations of, of harassment are somewhat troubling. Yeah, they are. This is rather stunning. I mean, one account of, of problems you could obviously dismiss. Julie Payette could dismiss it. Her staff could dismiss it. would be very easy. As you alluded to, the CBC has actually found 17 separate accounts. And if that number is legitimate, I actually don't even know how you can get past something like this. It just shows that there is some sort of a problem within... Well, not necessarily Rideau Hall, because as we've discovered, Julie Payette actually hasn't lived in Rideau Hall for one day in the three years that she's been candidate governor general, which I'm sure we'll get into. But it's horrifying to actually think that so many people have actually come into her office, worked for her in some capacity, and in the case of 17 individual cases have come out feeling a lot worse about themselves and about the position that they held and about Canada's governor general and they did coming in. And unfortunately, when you put all that together and try to wrap it in a neat little bow, it's almost impossible. The, the fact that she has not lived in Rideau Hall is, is a head-scratcher for an awful lot of us, Michael. Yeah. I, I mean, we know the Prime Minister doesn't live at 24 Sussex, but I mean, that's basically because the building's almost falling down. So there's, yes. there's some renovations need to be done, which, and that's fine. That's, that, that's explainable. But uh, there's nothing dramatically wrong with Rideau Hall. In other words, her staff are there on a daily basis, uh, but she's yet to move in. And I, I tried to ascertain over the weekend as well because she was concerned about some of these measures. I mean, because we'll talk about the spending now that she wanted, and she's concerned sure. about privacy. And, uh, and, and so there were some things that needed to be done at considerable cost. Uh, but I never saw anywhere that she says, okay, if you do that, then I'm going to move in there. I, don't, I really had, can't really find a proper explanation as to why she's chosen not to live there. I can't either. I've actually, when I was in Ottawa, I visited both 24 Sussex and Rideau Hall. And although some of the costs that are associated right now with 24 Sussex, including the renovation of the pool and other things that are being talked about, are a little on the questionable side, Justin Trudeau at least has 
some semblance of a reason to actually not live there and be in the cottage right nearby. So, I mean, we can argue the, the pros and cons of it, but at least it makes sense because aspects of 24 Sussex have been left to crumble to some degree, and the place has been need, has needed serious renovations for many years. I don't know what the issue is with Rideau Hall either. I mean, sure, you could paint something, you could, you could readdress something, wallpaper something, but nothing to the point, at least that I remember, that wouldn't make it livable or where someone could not move in immediately. And I've never heard that complaint, I don't know about you, Bill, from any other governor general we've ever had in this country. No one has ever complained about that. The fact that Julie Payette, <clears throat> pardon me, wanted to include some things or, or consider some things would have been fine on a very light basis if she had felt like it, and I don't think most people would begrudge her. The things, though, that we're talking about, which we'll discuss now, which is over $250,000 worth of renovations, including $140,000 alone for a staircase that has apparently never been built, it's extraordinary to actually believe that the taxpayers' dollars have been misused so badly. And while some defenders of the Liberal government and others have tried to say, well, it's not that much compared to spending measures and other things, yeah, it might be a drop in the bucket, but it's still our money. It's your money, it's my money, it's all the listeners' money, and it's basically being used for a governor general who is not living in the residence she's supposed to and has not for now three, of the five, or three years of her five-year term, doesn't seem to be interested in moving in anytime soon, or at least not that I've seen, and has wasted taxpayer dollars on projects for renovations within Rideau Hall, including those that have never been built in the first place. This is nuts. I, and by the way, I, I know some when we heard the story, and I, I had to check the dates on this as well, uh, because we know that uh, some weeks ago, of course, there was a, a, an armed individual that uh, tried to make his way through there, well-armed right. individual. And, and so, okay, you hear that story to try to connect the dots and say, well, okay, there should be some valid safety concerns about security there. But my understanding is uh, the request for the work that needed to be done on Rideau Hall predates that incident actually happening. So there was something going on or something in, in the Governor General's mind even before that to suggest that, that she didn't, I don't know if she doesn't feel safe there, but I mean, uh, which, which if she doesn't, then that's a, a discussion we need to have. But the staff that worked there on a daily basis didn't seem to have any concerns about it. Not that I can see. I mean, certainly based on the employees who have left and spoken honestly to CBC News, no one seemed to utter that at all. I mean, there was no, there was no mention of it. There was no consideration of it. There was no illusion of it. So I, I can't believe that that actually was an issue because you would think that would also be part of the puzzle, that they would say that as awful as the circumstances were and then, you know, as terrible as it is, as I feel unsafe in that building, etc., I mean, it wouldn't necessarily change the narrative greatly, but it would add another layer to the story. But no, I haven't seen anything to that effect, which makes you wonder. So I don't understand exactly why Julie Payette is fearful of living in Rideau Hall. There is nothing I've ever seen in terms of security issues, other than you know the incident you talked about, that would lead one to believe that you couldn't live in Rideau Hall and certainly move in right now. So I, I really don't know where this is going. So it, it basically seems to be a person, in this case Julie Bayette, who holds a position that, yes, is not an elected one, but obviously you're set for a number of years. It, it, it involves jet-setting, meeting with different uh, dignitaries and others. You're representing Canada on the international stage, but she's not fulfilling the duties, at least that we expect she should, 
as Governor General of Canada. There are certain things you should be doing, and one of them should be living in Rideau Hall. It should be as simple as that. That's one of the easiest ones, and yet for some reason for three years, as you said, Bill, she hasn't. So, I, I mean, I watched some of the commentators over the weekend, and, and some even went to suggest that, the, the, you know, that she should step down, others suggesting that the government needs to step in. I, I don't know that there's any course of action that they could take, even if they wanted to, in a situation like that. I've never heard of uh, any government firing the governor general. It's, it's unheard of to me as well. I have, I'm not a constitutional expert, and I don't, you know, I don't claim to be one. I do know enough about it that I actually looked it up to see it, what could be done. There's no precedent. We both know that, obviously, Bill. But I, I, from the way that I've interpreted it and read it, there is actually no way that I see, at least now, for the Canadian government to remove her or fire her from that position. Now, she can resign on her own. There's nothing preventing her from doing that. If she announced tomorrow that she wanted to resign, the government of Canada could try to persuade her not to, but they would have to accept it ultimately. Um, but again, that's that's a decision for her to make, and I don't see her leaning towards that. So I don't really know if there's anything much that Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and the, and the Liberal government can do. I know that some people are suggesting, and maybe you've discussed it as well, Bill, if you've talked about this issue, some people are suggesting that the you know, in their usual conspiracy theory mode, that the Liberal government is trying to do this as a way to move or shift the discussion away from we charity about another problem that they can't necessarily deal with, but they can at least, you know, throw a whole bunch of information and facts and other stuff on and try to get, you know, the narrative shifted to somebody else. I don't necessarily know if that really is the case. Um, one, I don't believe in conspiracy theories by nature, and two, I don't think it's as simple as that. The problem is that for three years she's been doing this on a very regular basis, it appears. We're hearing, we've heard a lot of stories in the past, but we haven't paid an enormous amount of attention to them. But now that more people are speaking out about her, about her, her leadership style, the fact that she reportedly is very nasty to employees behind the scenes, that she's wasting taxpayer dollars, that she's not living in Rideau Hall, and doesn't seem to be fulfilling some of the duties that are understood for being Governor General of Canada, it really just proves what, without giving myself a pat on the head, what I and a few others said years ago, that she was not suitable for this position. You know, nice woman, accomplished a lot of things in, you know, the space industry and has a scientific background. She certainly has knowledge and understanding but having all that doesn't necessarily mean that you can deal with the day-to-day -day rigors of politics at all. And it doesn't mean you can also deal with the day-to-day -day rigors of being the Governor General of Canada. And quite frankly, Bill, she's just proving time and time again that she can't do it. Michael, is there a gender issue here? And, and I'm going to draw the parallel uh, to some of the criticism we've heard of late uh, about Kamala Harris down in the States, who uh, is seemingly the front-runner to be Joe Biden's vice presidential pick. Uh, but she was being accused, and I use that term advisedly, of being too ambitious. Uh, and, and as so many observers have pointed out, you know, a male who's ambitious is considered to be a go-getter and somebody who's really on the ball. A female who is ambitious apparently has, well, you, they use the B word and all sorts of other things. Is, is some of that at play here with the, with the governor general? Well, look, it's a fair comment. I haven't really given it a lot of thought. Um, you know, in the case, you're right, of Kamala Harris, uh, less so with Susan Rice, who's the other main contender, yeah. but, <clears throat> pardon me, but certainly Harris. A lot of people have said that because they're, you know, the suggestion is behind the scenes that they're ignoring 
all the battles she did with Joe Biden when she briefly ran during the presidential primaries, primaries for the Democratic Party and whatnot, and trying to sort of paint her as being this, you know, overly ambitious person who has her eyes set on the White House because Joe Biden probably will not go past one term as president if he wins in November. Putting that aside, yeah, I guess it's possible that there could be a tie-in there. But again, the proof is in the pudding, and Julie Payette's pudding, unfortunately, seems to be very sweet and continues to get sweet with everything that she adds into the mixture. Because she's made, you know, she's really, in many ways, digging her own virtual grave, the way she's doing this. So many bad things have come out that make, for example, Adrian Clarkson's episode with the million dollar trip and other things she did when she was governor general, it almost looks like child's play compared to what Payette is doing. Maybe not in terms of the financial or monetary value, but in terms of the criticism and the things that she's been doing behind the scenes. And when you think of all the good governor generals we've had lately, and I would certainly put David Johnson and Mikhail Jean in that category for sure, Julie Payette has been an embarrassment in this role. So whether she's ambitious or not, I'm sure she has ambitions. I'm sure she has interests. I'm sure she wants to get ahead, so to speak. But again, if you're just wasting money, wasting time, you know, acting terribly to your employees and not fulfilling your duties, you can be as ambitious as you want. You're just, you know, on the flip side, you're just not handling the position properly. And with that in mind, the question is, does Julie Payette really want this position, or does she just like all the pomp and circumstance associated with being Canada's governor general? Because if it's the latter, she shouldn't be in that role. Michael, what I found interesting as well, on Friday when uh, Deputy Prime, or Prime Minister uh, Christy Freeland uh, had a presser up in Ottawa, and it was ostensibly to talk about the aluminum tariffs that Trump has imposed, but yeah. during the Q&A, uh, Tom Perry from CBC asked her on two different occasions uh, if the government still had confidence in the Governor General, in Governor General Payette. Right. Uh, and I'll paraphrase it, but uh, what Ms. Freeland basically said is they have confidence in the office of Governor General, and she did not comment at all about Payette. That's kind of throwing her under the bus, isn't it? <laughs> you know, it's a very good point. You're absolutely right. I agree. Um, I think what it basically means, if we, I'm not going to put words in Christia Freeland's mouth. You're not going to, and I'm sure your listeners won't. But I think what Freeland basically said is that she believes in the position that there should be a, a Governor General of Canada, she believes that it has a role to play in government, which is understandable based on, you know, Canada's history with the British, you know, the British system, the Westminster model, etc. All that is perfectly fine. But the fact that she didn't name Julie Payette directly or state anything directly about Julie Payette and just skirted around the issue probably means that she's as frustrated as anyone else is based on what's happening here. That she, you know, that she sees this as an issue that the government really didn't need to deal with right now because they're dealing with the We Charity scandal, as you talked about, the issue of the tariffs with the United States over aluminum. There's a lot of important matters to deal with. She would have obviously hoped, I'm sure, that a ceremonial role like the governor general would be handled properly by the office holder. The fact that the office holder seems to have this you know, torrential storm of controversy building over her on a, a daily and weekly basis probably means that although she believes in the office and that the office should be maintained, there are too many questions about the office holder that she really, frankly, doesn't want to deal with right now.
I mean, it, traditionally, as we've looked down and through history of, of Canadian politics, uh, prime ministers have defended ministers, MP, anybody who you know is on their team. And, and let's face it, at one time or another, there's always going to be a handful of them that get themselves into hot water sure. for a variety of things, whether it's the Senate expense scandal or this or, or Bill Morneau and his involvement with we. Uh, but they've always said, yeah, we still have confidence in them. For her to say nothing, and the prime minister, of course, hasn't even commented on this yet, uh, to offer any support for, for Payette, she's got to be wondering if she's just being left to twist in the wind here. Yeah, no, she probably is feeling that way, although really she unfortunately has caused her own twist in the wind for so long that she really has nobody to blame but herself for this position. But yeah, she probably is feeling that way. Now look, in fairness, as I said before, Payette's position is a non-elected one, so she's not technically a member of the team. She was chosen by Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, and I, I assume his senior advisors, so obviously she has some belief or support of the liberal government and the liberal agenda in Canada, and that's acceptable. But she's obviously not a a caucus member. She's not a cabinet minister, so she holds a very separate role. And governor general in the past who have dealt with prime ministers where the, the prime minister in power did not appoint that person to office have still been able to deal with them on a very good basis. Like, for example, Mikhail Jean, who I spoke, you know, I spoke about earlier, she and Stephen Harper, I can say genuinely, got along. And Mikhail Jean was not a Harper appointee at all. So with that in mind, I, you know, I think that Julie Payette is probably thinking that to herself that, yes, the prime minister, the deputy prime minister, and other leading liberals, because I'm sure more will speak out as time goes along if this continues, yeah. are abandoning her to some extent. But maybe she should look at the mirror, look at herself, and try to understand why they're abandoning her. Because, again, as I said before, the proof is in the pudding, and the pudding looks to be pretty, pretty extreme. Michael Tobe, always a pleasure, Michael. Thanks so much for this. We'll talk again soon, I know. My pleasure. Have a great week. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.